0: This episode is brought to you by Breathe Easy Productions. Dream, plan, do. Welcome to the What Do Women Know? What do women know? What do women know? podcast. I'm Jessica O'Keefe. Today I'm interviewing Carrie Kamick, Vice President of Box Office Operations at Staples Center and Microsoft Theater. She is the first person there to hold this position, and it's a testament to her professionalism and leadership. Carrie is one of the smartest, toughest, and most forthright women I know. Deeply rooted in her commitment to family, friends, and society. She navigates obstacles with a steady, calm, and passionate zest for life. I am continually inspired by her, and I know you will be, too. Carrie Kamick, Welcome. (laughs) Thanks for having me. (laughs) You have been a sports fan for as long as I've known you. Since high school, I remember you sitting there watching University of Florida football games. Yeah. and uh, being a Steeler fan. I've
1: got a jersey that has not been washed for nine weeks. I had to work last weekend. We had a drive-in movie event at LA Live, but the game didn't end until right when I had to be there. So I wore the jersey in the car while I listened to it on the radio as I was driving to work. And then once I got to work and the game was over, I took off the jersey and changed to the car. <laughs> I didn't want to be the reason. We were clearly going to win, but I did not want to be the reason why we didn't win that game. <laughs> So yes, sports have been very important to me my whole life. And it wasn't until I was at Florida, because I was marketing undergrad, which I always knew I wanted to do that. But it wasn't until I got a part-time job at the ticket office, just to have a job on campus to make it easier to go to school, and then also to work. And it was a part-time ticket job. And I was like, maybe I'll get good tickets. You know, hey, just that total cliche ticketing thing. And I learned so much more about the business side and all the compliance and the marketing and all that that went into it. I started to learn more. And then that's when I decided to stay and get my master's in the sports management. And then that's kind of really where I transitioned into ticketing. And ticketing, you know, it's a joke amongst people that are in ticketing. Like, you're you once you get in, you can't get out. Most people in my industry don't follow the path of getting a degree in sports. Management. Most of them are people that got a job at the local box office as a part time job or as a ticket taker and have worked their way up and are now 30 years in the industry running a box office at a major venue. I mean, I would say a large population of our ticketing people are that. The education was the route I took. And I, cause I knew I was going to be a Gator and all that, but it's definitely not the only option in our industry. That's for sure.
0: Yeah. Your dad's a Gator too. Yes.
1: Yeah. It was in my blood. Like it was, yeah, it was sports where my mom's a huge sports fan. My mom probably knows more sports, more about sports or the Gators than my dad and I, even though dad and I went there. I mean, my mom's a huge All sports, not even just, you know, I tend to be basketball and football specific. My mom knows when the Gator softball team just beat a random team on, like, what? How do you even, why are you even following that? But
0: yeah, so your mom, was she a big influence on you about sports?
1: You know, my mom's an influence in the fact that she is an independent, vocal, um, powerful spirit and woman if that's the best way you know what i'm saying like she is gonna say she's an italian woman like she is gonna tell you what she thinks about something she's not gonna back down she taught me independence and leadership and those kind of skills, whether it was specifically towards sports or not. Uh, we grew up in a family where sports was just something that you saw on TV all the time. And it was something, my mom used to listen to the Lakers' Chick Hearn on the radio and watch the game on TV so she could hear the Chick Hearn broadcast on the radio if it was a nationally television. Like, that's what we grew up with, so it wasn't anything. But I, I don't know that, um, she taught me being a fan, but her what she taught me when it came to my career was way more valuable as being a a leader and just an independent person more than just the love of sports kind of a thing.
0: Yeah, and you are a leader. You are such a great leader. You Well, being a vice president is a pretty big deal. I,
1: I mean, yeah, I'm not gonna say I could never imagine it because it's what I would have said if you asked me, I wanna be a VP at of box office or of ticketing and at Los Angeles, you know, that's that's what I would have said even coming out of
0: college. So you did imagine it?
1: Yes. Yeah. Oh, yeah, yeah. I mean, my first, I think my first VP when I was in Sacramento, Orrin Anderson, and I think he asked me what I wanted to be. And I said, I think I said vice president. At the time, I said vice president of ticketing for the Los Angeles football team because I was hoping that there was going to be an L.A. football team at the time because there wasn't, you know, then we hadn't come back and all that. And that that path evolve because at the time I was in sales for the Sacramento Kings and I I realized my path was more operations driven and more box office driven than it was sales so it's not exactly the path that I imagined you know but um but it got me to where yeah I couldn't I couldn't ask for anything more (laughs) I'm very happy I mean I'm not happy with the current state of our industry and what's happening out of my control but I couldn't I wouldn't change anything
0: any step that I've made along the way that's some great vision there yeah
1: you don't you know I learned early on not to burn any bridges in this uh world I mean just in life I think that probably came from my family too and just probably not like an outwardly saying it but being aware of that every step that you take kind of a thing so I work with people that were interns at the Sacramento Kings that are running ticketing companies now and things like that I went to college with somebody who sold his ticketing company multiple times different versions of it and reinvented himself I've got people that are working and running uh pbr and all these companies and it's just that i worked with next to me that were like entry level and now running companies and so never think that the guy that's just some intern sitting next to you isn't going to be someone that could give you a job in the future or a recommendation or open a door up for you or your company in the future so never never diminish somebody else because of what you think they are because you never know what they're going to be you never know <laughs> that's my thing i know there's like this cliche of like oh if it doesn't take you there then burn the bridge no you never know you should never regret a step you take so you should never burn that bridge and so treat someone always that they could be someone who gives you a job down the line or help somebody out that you know and treat them that way <laughs> you know even if they did you wrong look the other way take the bright side <laughs> you never know they'll learn from their
0: mistakes they'll learn you're a great leader in the way that you hear people and hear what they say, and you're not going to chastise them or throw them out, of, out the door for disagreeing with you.
1: I have not always been great at that. I just started learning. It was just one of those feelings of like you need to stop. What's well, about stop talking and start listening, you know, and maybe understand the other side because that's the best way for you to make an impact. Hear what they're saying, and then instead of just coming back for a tit for tat and and like hear what they're saying and react to what they're saying, and not just assume that you know what they're gonna say. My fiance is the different political party than I am. And we love each other very much. And the election year is not easy for us. So this is our, this is our second one together because we've been together for almost six years. So this is our second one together and it can be polarizing. And we've learned that the respect for each other, of, I'm not just gonna assume why I know that you're voting one way or another. And it's not really all about what you vote for just for president and all this. You know, we we, we voted this time, we didn't vote for the same person. Uh, but we voted the same on almost all the propositions. So it was this kind of like eye-opening experience of like, you can be different in some things and that doesn't define you overall. You know, like these little things are not gonna define you as a person. So why don't I hear every part of you instead of just assuming that this one part that I think I know because you did this one thing or you voted this one way or you have this one view on something does not define everything you are. So to me, being able to hear all sides and understand those differences, rather than just trying to change the different. I'm not trying to change you to be like me. I'm trying to. No, I don't want. I don't want a whole bunch of me's around. You know, <laughs> like I no one wants that. <laughs> Even the people I love don't want that. Like, I'm going to a shooting range this weekend with my fiance. What? But when we first met, that would have just been like, what? I play a video game shooting somebody, but I'm not going. We should have a gun, you know, like I had a full feeling about how guns should be in a home and not be in da-da-da and having that conversation with my, and he is a trained Marine, it does help a little bit. I think I feel a more confident than maybe some people would, but like, that's a perfect example of how change can happen in a matter of six years of my life of how I've changed. And that wasn't forced change. That was a discussion and learning about both sides and us coming to an agreement as a couple. And that's what the whole... So the, I wish most of the world could do that right now. Maybe we wouldn't be in so much turmoil if they could figure that out. So, yes. Yeah. Yes. It's the only way it's going to work. <laughs> it's what our society is built on. It's what the USA is built on. So figure it out. <laughs> Not everyone <laughs> agrees.
0: <laughs> A lot of changes are happening in the world right now. And women's roles in sports are not what they were when we were children. Yeah, 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 sure. How has being a woman and your love of sports and being in the sports world, what has that been like?
1: Yeah, I mean, uh, uh, Florida Florida was an old boys club. I don't wanna say that in a derogatory way. That's, that doesn't come out right. Like um, Florida had a lot of the same looking people running the athletic department in a lot of departments. People who I admire heavily, you know, regardless if they were necessarily my same gender, you know, kind of a thing. And there were women in the organization, but it was a, it was an old franchise that had kind of had people that had been there for 20, 30 years. And maybe when that was what, you know, and as things start to grow, you know, new faces come in, new genders, new races, all that. It was, you know. And then to go to Sacramento, it was definitely a little more blended. And then to come to Staples Center was like eye-opening because there were, at that time, there were several heads of departments that were female. And it was so great to see senior vice presidents of uh, booking and event management and all this. And it's just like, wow, you know, like my boss was a woman, you know, and, the gender issues at Staples Center were very equal and stuff, and it was a it was a great thing to see. It, this industry, I'm I'm very immature, <laughs> like you know you know me. Like I'm a jokester. I'm probably not the prof- most professional person. That- this industry is perfect for me because it's kind of relaxed in a lot of those things, and there's a lot of things that people say to each other, and it's just kind of this like you know. A tattoos and earrings and the concert world is a little different than maybe your average corporate office and you can say things, but I never felt offended or never felt like they were saying things about a woman that I that I felt uncomfortable about or I've I'd, I'd never had that problem in my industry. And as it continues to grow, you see more and more women. And in the ticketing world, especially, I mean, I'm on a call like every other Thursday, I would say it's probably 80 to 100 people. I mean, probably more women than there are men. Certain pockets are not necessarily male driven and certain pockets are, you know, so um, just shows there's continued growth. And to see it like referees and coaches of male sports to be female and stuff like that is awesome. And it's just going to continue to progress and just for a woman to think that they can do that part of it is a plus no matter what, you know. I wasn't raised ever thinking I couldn't do anything because I was a girl. If anything, it was like, girl, you can do even more. You know, that was kind of how I was raised. So um, hopefully more of those examples just teach young girls going up that they can do whatever they want. So what if you want to be a, re- a referee for the NFL? Go for it. <laughs> so what if you want to be a GM for Major League Baseball? Sure. No problem. <laughs> you know, like the more examples you can provide, uh, the better the better this world, the more women that are involved in this world, the better this world will be. (laughs) Period. (laughs) I think Hillary Clinton said that, but it's true. I think she said specifically to politics, but it's true. They bring a diverse view about things. They look at things in a different way. Men look at things a certain way. Women look at things a different way. Not, not one's more powerful than the other. It's no different than the politics. You, there's an asset of having both sides and having that conversation. And the strengths that one person can bring is right for one position. And the strengths of another person, you know, it's just the more the better. Yeah, Sports and entertainment's doing a, a great job in the world that I'm in as far as the operations part of it. It's great. And I would say when I speak to colleges... And um, whether it's my school or another sports program that I do a mentor program for, it's pretty diverse. And it probably 50-50 at least maybe more females in it. So it's it's an ever-growing industry. It sounds balanced. Oh, yeah. Three of my staff that are working who are female all started as part-time and worked their way up. So they were part-time ticket sellers that continued to get promoted to other positions and are now at managerial levels, which I'm a big proponent of. To start as a part-time seller and then to, to work your way up in a in a company that large is inspiring for other part-time sellers, for anyone. So I love that story, and I'm very proud of the fact that most of our staff, and I would say a lot of the departments that work on events have that same thing where they've started and are pretty diverse as far as gender and started as ushers and ticket takers and are now
0: helping run each event. It's
1: a great opportunity.
0: That is incredible. Yeah. Proud of them. That is <laughs> not the answer I expected. <laughs> <laughs> How do you find balance in your life now that you are working from home?
1: Yeah. Well, Um. so it is weird. First off, my work schedule, well, it had gotten a lot better since my... More recent promotion, I was more day driven in my schedule than I was event, but for most of my career I was was working nights three or four times a week, working a game, an event, not coming home till 10 o'clock. So my balance and relationship with my house and Leo, my my partner and stuff like that was kind of like interesting because we passed, we didn't have weekends together and things like that necessarily. And so since COVID, it's just, you know, he's a Monday through Friday kind of person. And so now it's, oh, you know, Saturday, Sunday, we're both off and we can enjoy time together. and But separating separating work from home when you're in your home all the time is a little difficult. I've got four-legged children that luckily are not barking at the moment. Of course, the minute I said that, I'm sure that's going to change. But just getting them to like be good. And I jumped at any chance that I could go to Staples Center for any need. I've only been into the venue one one time since March. I have been on property outside to do some testing for an outdoor event that we did maybe three other times, but only into my office one time. And the first time I went in there, was very emotional. I, I got a little choked up. I was looking at desks of employees that I know those positions were eliminated i hope i see that person sitting across from me one day again soon but i don't know i don't know when that'll be you know so it was like, It was a weird it was a weird experience so um i love it's funny i never were i didn't work from home very often my idea of working from home before was it was your day off and you still had to work that wasn't really like working from home it was technically my day off my two days a week but i had to w- log in and do stuff so this setting up the office and kind of really all day, every day in the house. Um, I live across from a beautiful park. So I walk every morning uh, just to get a little bit of fresh air to help. So my garden is flourishing. I just got the new Assassin's Creed. So that's been most of my free time in the last couple of weeks. (laughs) So I find
0: ways. (laughs) That's great. That's great. I I wish I was getting out to walk. That's an inspiration actually, that you get out in the morning and you walk.
1: Yeah, I block off my calendar because if not, you will get booked. So I try to block off like an hour um, at least every day to just go and walk. I'm using an app to learn Samoan at the same time. So I was just listening to music this whole time. And I'm like, I could I could probably spend the hour doing something else. So I'm slowly trying to start to understand a little bit. I just want to listen and be able to have a general idea of what's being talked about.
0: So that's my goal at this point. Yeah. I, I'm using the Duolingo app, actually. Oh, I use Drops.
1: Yeah, it's, it's, it's okay. designed to give you five minutes a day. And I, when I'm walking, I usually do a full hour. But the idea is even if you can't do it that whole time while you're walking and it's a weekend, you just do five minutes a day and that you slowly will absorb it. So we'll see. Yeah. I keep saying things to him and he's like, that's wrong. And I was like, wait, but the <laughs> app told me that's what spoon means. No, that's not what it thinks. He could just be messing with me for fun. <laughs> Teaching me bad words on accident. You know, he would do that. That is the kind of relationship we have. I would actually have more respect for him doing that. <laughs> so <laughs> it's why I love him. So
0: <laughs> Well, it has been an amazing conversation. Anything you want to say as your words of wisdom?
1: Honestly, I think this election year has just taught me a lot. Just to be kind and not assume that you know anything about anything. Don't lump. Don't lump one person in with a group just because of what the extreme of one group does don't assume that you know why i think what i do and just take a moment and listen to all sides what makes us different is what makes us great little variety makes us life great okay the fact that your background looks different than my background is why this world is great (laughs) and that's the end of it so just show some respect if you just respect the people next to you it doesn't matter what trump flag or biden flag they have up just respect them for who they are and love people for what they are and what they do to you not how they vote Or who they pray to. Hallelujah. Hallelujah. Amen.